As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Vaya con Dios, amigo. What does that mean? Go with God. You're listening to The Rock God Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Rock God Podcast, the only podcast that talks to rock and heavy metal musicians and artists about their thoughts or opinions about God. I'm your host, David Locklear, the owner and head writer at heavy-vinyl.com. So we've been off the air for a few weeks now, longer than we normally would like to be off the air, but with the coronavirus that's been just flying around and making everybody's lives really fun and enjoyable and happy, it's kept us from podcasting with homeschooling, there are home projects, helping with the actual businesses that we pay our bills with. It's just been really insane how much stuff has gotten done, but it has been at the expense of the podcast, so for that I apologize. Hopefully we'll be able to keep this up pretty regularly now that we have sort of a, I guess, a normal schedule. Well, it should be, I guess we should call it the new normal as it were, but uh, yeah, we've been doing the same things that a lot of other people have been doing, watching Tiger King, starting that show Waco. Uh, we've been binging Breaking Bad with our oldest daughter, and uh, I've actually managed not to drink to excess. So it's all very interesting how things have turned out. It was not at all what I expected it to be. So I hope during these crazy times you guys have been able to take care of yourselves and have been able to accomplish things maybe you hadn't been able to accomplish before. Uh, or at the very least, I hope you're just keeping your head down and staying healthy and safe. And I hope that, uh, we can keep putting these things out while all the new craziness settles in and hopefully we can get back to our normal lives like it were before. So today we are actually interviewing bassist David Sittig of Impending Doom. Impending Doom is the wonderful and awesome and ball-rattling music that you hear intro and outro every episode of Rock God Podcast. Impending Doom started in 2005 when vocalist Brock Reeves and guitarist Manny Kuteris, who were only in high school when they recorded their demo, The Sin and the Doom of Godless Men, and were signed to Face Down Records in 2007, which is when they released their album Nailed, Dead, Risen. 
Their low-tuned deathcore metal sound has a visceral sound that is some of the heaviest to emerge from the Christian metal scene. They've been the subject of some controversy, though, over the years, however, by describing their sound as goreship, as in worshiping God through gore-sounding music. And they also use an image called the Repentogram, which is a Christian play on the typical metal use of the evil upside-down pentagram. Impending Doom have released six full-length albums and are currently working on an EP to be released later on this year in 2020. David talked to us today about keeping the faith in a largely secular environment, the difficult balance of playing in a band and tending to family responsibilities, and delivering a guitar to a very unusual fan.
things been going with you guys? You haven't uh, uh, you haven't had anything uh, a new album come out since uh, 2018. Do you have any uh, new stuff on the horizon yet? Uh, we're working on uh, an EP right now. Actually, we're in the process of writing and going to start recording that in the next couple months. Mm-hmm. When do you think it might be released? Uh, towards the end of this year. For sure this year, though. That's what uh, the plan is as of right now. Oh, okay. Is it, yeah. uh, it's got to be a lot easier to make an EP is, instead of like a full-fledged album, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, in some ways, yeah, but the way we're trying to do this is write basically an entire record but only pick the best five or six tracks that are all like, you know, what we would think all of them could be singles out of it and just do an EP. So we're essentially still writing an entire record. So Mm. it's pretty uh, time consuming. And um, we thought we would have it recorded by now. So isn't that the way it normally goes though? You know, that you have sort of a, a framework and then it's like, well, that went out the window. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's never once gone according to plan. <laughs> I don't think for anybody. <laughs> I heard somewhere that a, a plan is a list of things that aren't going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's like being in a band for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many songs do you have available? Um, because the, the reason I'm asking is because I've I've heard time and again from other bands that when they're recording records that getting down to those last 20 songs is really kind of a bear to start eliminating them because everybody has their own sort of special connection to it yeah we never have had that many songs when writing anything we've uh you know we might have that many like partial songs or something but when it comes down to like uh us writing a record we'll We'll put everything into 12 songs and 11 or 10 of them will make the record, but they'll all get recorded pretty much in the studio and then we'll all kind of vote a couple of them off. But uh, we've never been that band really to have like 20 songs and you only got to use, you know, 10 of them. And I mean, that'd be pretty brutal to to cut that many songs. I know a lot of bands do that, but we've, we've just never been, you know, those guys. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's got to be kind of nice in a way that you don't have to worry about, probably, you know, one less conflict that you have to worry about when going through this process. Yeah, exactly. And if, if that's how we had to do it, it would take it would take us, with, with what we all have going on outside of the band, it would take us years and years and years <laughs> to put anything new out, so... <laughs> Yeah, there was a pretty big gap between uh, Death Will Reign and The Sin and Doom. Uh, that was uh, 2013 and 2018. That That's about the largest gap you guys have had since you're in your discography. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, during that time, we, we weren't doing too much. Uh, we were taking a step back and not playing many shows or doing anything because we just, we've been, at that time, we had been going, you know, 100 miles an hour nonstop for the last. 10 years almost mm-hmm. and uh that it wears on you sometimes you just need to take a step back and be like we need a break so we just you know all collectively uh you know decided to step back and uh some of us started families and uh just some much needed downtime mm-hmm. which re 
you know, our love for doing this, you know, once after a couple of years, we're like, all right, let's, let's start getting back at it and writing. And, you know, when we booked, uh, the first show back, uh, we just had so much fun. We were on stage smiling the whole time. So we're like, all right, let's, let's get back at it as, as, as much as we can right now. So. Yeah. I, I think a lot of the times people underestimate the value of kind of letting the juices replenish themselves a little bit by not doing what you're normally used to doing and how that yeah. kind of inspires creativity later on more so than if you just kept on doing it over and over and over again. Yeah, exactly. When I was actually, when Death Will Rain came out, I remember looking at you guys' Facebook page and it made me think about how since heavy metal has actually existed for a long time, Christianity was, I guess, I don't know if it's not accepted, but it wasn't really regarded with much respect for a very long time. Yeah. And I feel like that's not so much the case anymore in like the last probably 15, 20 years. I feel like Christianity is very much, or Christian metal and rock is, is very much accepted and completely fine as opposed to back in, you know, the eighties with Striper and whatnot has, have you seen that kind of acceptance? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we've, in our span of career, we've rarely played with other Christian metal bands. Like we've done a couple tours and, you know, obviously Christian festivals and stuff like that. But the majority of our touring we've done with, you know, bands that are, that don't believe the same things we do or whatever. And there's never once been, uh, any disrespect on, on either sides of, uh, any camp of, you know, not accepting or, um, you know, cause we've never been that band either to like push that down people's throats or say that anyone else. With the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wrong or not believing what we believe or whatever, like there's always been a mutual respect on the road, um, at least always with our band. So we've never really seen um, anything other than just you know love and respect from everybody we've toured with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, that, that's sort of been my experience too. I mean, not not in, in terms of touring and whatnot, but just ever since I've been listening to heavy metal and going to shows it seems like there's never been a problem with that. Like there's never yeah. been much of an issue about the only time I've ever had any kind of, I guess you'd say conflict with somebody is usually maybe another fan. And yeah. they're like, ah, I'm not going to listen to that because it's Christian. And it's never really like, because they hated it. It was just kind of like, yeah, I don't think that'll be my, my thing. Yeah. They don't really give it a chance. Yeah. I would, I'd agree with that. That's the only times that we've ever gotten any flashes yeah from like listeners and fans or people that aren't necessarily fans because they don't give it a chance or whatever but that's where we would see like 
uh, you know, this that that's just not for me or Christian death metal like that that's dumb or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that's really the only time we ever saw that. But I feel like a lot of times people that think that way when they you know maybe see us live because they are a fan of a band that we're on tour with or whatever so they come to the show then they quickly change their mind yeah because uh, there's nothing um i don't know people would probably associate christian death metal with sounding uh less metal or less heavy or too cheesy or something and that's not the case when it comes to our band we usually can win over uh, any type of crowd of any belief. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually hearkening back to what I was saying earlier about your Facebook page, when I was looking at it one time, I remember being struck by the fact that it seemed like there were more Christians and believers giving you guys a hard time than anybody else. And one particular, oh, yeah. like one particular post that stuck out to me was, um, someone put death won't rain. God will rain. And, I remember thinking, it's like, well, if you know anything about this band, that should be kind of a, a duh type of thing. Yeah. You know, like, you should know that. And that's always been my experience, is that I've been given a harder time as a Christian metalhead by other Christians than I have any other group of people. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, that we've seen that for the last 15 years, too. Like, uh, yeah, it seems like our secular fan base is more... Uh, a lot of times accepting into the album titles and artwork and lyrics and things that we we choose to, to write about where a lot of the Christian fans uh, I mean there's nothing wrong with it but they want to know what everything means yeah with you know that that's cool but um, with our band we like to write the write the, the fine line of of what we say is like shocking in our lyrics or whatever, where it might sound one way, but means a completely different thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like most of our fans by now know that, that, you know, whatever a lyric or uh, something on the back of a t-shirt might say that it's, uh, you can't just take a look at it and think, you know, what it doesn't just mean one thing. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, yeah, definitely we, we get the most flack from the, our Christian fans, but it's all good. <laughs> I know. I think the way I look at it is like, well, they mean well. They're just kind of caught up in the minutia of rules and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Everybody means well. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of lyrics, you know, a lot of your guys' songs lyrically deal with some pretty grim things uh, tonally that come from the Bible, like, you know, murderer is always the one I kind of point to as an interesting way of describing a Christian's responsibility for the death of Jesus. And in that, you know, it coming, you know, hearkening from original sin. And then, you know, by extent, the idea that we're sort of the ones that nailed him to the cross on some level. And I, I feel like a lot of fellow believers, and this could be unfair of me, but I feel like a lot of them tend to avoid some of those grimmer aspects and things about our our personal beliefs in Christ that make them uncomfortable and so they don't want to deal with it. And I like that you guys actually deal with this. Do you feel like people tend to avoid that in the in the Christian realm? 
Uh, yeah, for sure. And that's why book writes about that kind of stuff. And, um, even a lot of stuff is incorporated from him growing up and his life, what he sees on a daily basis and stuff. Uh, and that was mostly kind of in the last record, but, um, yeah, he, he likes to, to paint, you know, a very real picture on, uh, what is actually going on out there and the darker, uh, you know, aspects of life isn't just all, you know, pretty and you can't just avoid the bad things that happen. Like they need to be talked about and people go through, you know, horrible things all the time that, you know, our music, we hear it all the time. It helps a lot of people go through their, whatever dark times are going through, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of the times that when people have something that sort of reflects their own personal experiences of, of pain and whatnot, that actually makes them feel better, almost like not being alone on some level. Yeah, for sure. We did like a, a guitar giveaway maybe a few months ago or whatever on, uh, on our website. And, uh, the person who ended up winning it, I actually lives like maybe 30 minutes from where I live. So, you know, initially we were just going to, whoever won the base, we're going to ship it out, you know, thinking it's going to be somebody from out of state or whatever. Cause people all over, uh, were, you know, in on the, the raffle for it. And the person who ended up winning it only, you know, lived pretty close to where I live. So I just was like, I'm just going to go like hand deliver it to them and, you know, see what kind of, you know, that, that that's cool to like, if one of your favorite bands or whatever shows up at your front door or something, you know? So I wanted to do that. And the person who won it was this older lady. And, um, at first I was just like, Oh, uh, like I didn't think that it was her that won. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of out of our, our normal, uh, age demographic, but, um, no, it was her and she was super stoked and she was just telling, she's like, Oh, your song, um, devil's den, which is about, uh, drugs and addiction and stuff like that is like what's gotten her through a ton of bad times because I guess her son or something that really struggled or still does struggle with drugs. And that's like her, her, safe haven that song like really speaks to her and helped her and she was almost to like tears when i brought her the, the guitar and um it's just hearing things like that is you you never get that never gets old and that's what drives us to keep writing the way that we write and uh you know it speaks to people and that's what it's all about yeah i, I can't imagine that that would ever feel typical to to go to someone and they're like yeah th the music that you create has had such a positive impact on my life that it's actually changed my life yeah i mean that, that's that's got to be a, a pretty big trip I, I for me i think it's hilarious when i find out somebody read my stuff you know <laughs> it's like i don't care if they like it or not i'm just like wow you read it cool yeah <laughs> yeah that, i mean we still feel that way too about just people listening to our music like you know, we've been around for a long time and, uh, you know, it's just cool that people still listen and like it and buy things and, uh, invest their, you know, time and money into what we're doing still, you know, blows all of our mind. It's cool. <laughs> well, now what kind of life experiences, uh, have you had specifically that's inspired you to 
create such, you know, aggressive but Christian-based music. I mean, I've just, we've all, like, have always just been into super heavy music. Before we started this band, we were all into, you know, there wasn't Christian metal bands, really, that we liked, or there weren't many around before we started. You know, there was a handful of them, and the type of music we all listened to was Slipknot, Hannibal Corpse, you know, those are favorite bands and stuff like that mm-hmm. so we wanted to obviously make like aggressive music that sounded like that but have you know a message with our beliefs and stuff behind it because i feel like the some of the metal bands that were around before we started were uh i don't know if cheesy is the right word it just wasn't it's the right too. word <laughs> sorry yeah, it's the we, right word <laughs> yeah we never you know people ask us all the time like oh what christian metal do you listen to and we're all just like I hate to say it, but like we don't. <laughs> I mean, we have some friends' bands that we love, like we love Sleeping Giant and August Burns Red. Or they're all good friends of ours, and we love their music. Um, but there's really not many, so we're just we've always been so drawn to aggressive music, and uh, we have something to say, so we just put that behind the the aggressive music that we love. So it's kind of the idea that you know the, the type of music that you were looking for is what you decided to create. Yeah, exactly. Searching for something that didn't exist at the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I completely relate to that, that search. I growing up in the eighties and nineties, you know, I, whenever I would find a, a Christian band that was, you know, genuine about the metal, you know, that it wasn't some kind of a, a shtick or, some sort of a marketing ploy and whatnot. I latched onto them. It was deliverance was a big one for me. There's another one killed by Kane were really, you know, made a big impression on me. And it was because I felt like they meant it and that it wasn't like, I I felt like what you're saying is that they were making what wasn't out there and it was very precious to me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Some of my favorite bands are just bands that there, there weren't, there weren't bands around that are, were like them and they, you know, made what they, what, what the music scene was lacking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a ton of bands that all sound the same. So it's really something special with when uh, any type of genre band does what, you know, isn't there already. Yeah. Yeah. It's just nice having that, that void being filled. And, you know, like right now, I feel like there's quite a few to go out and pick and choose from to listen to. It's like there's a variety of different oh, types yeah. of Christian metal. Oh yeah, more than ever for sure. Now, since you guys have recorded "Nailed Dead Risen," have you found that any of your Christian beliefs that you held then have changed up to now? Maybe just other than we were so young then and didn't have any real real life experiences and being out meeting you know, people on the road and having conversations and, and just growing obviously as, as humans and turning into adults, uh, really other than that, we, we kept the same, you know, core beliefs, but, you know, along the way, um, kind of adapting a little bit and just uh, as maturing as, as adults, really, we were in high school when we recorded that. I remember I was a senior in high school when we got signed. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I thought it was <laughs> weird because uh, I remember we drove my mom's car to the to face down records to sign all the paperwork and we were all 18 except manny at the time was i think 17 so his like dad had to sign for him or something (laughs) (laughs) we're all really really young man you guys were living the dream that's what every high school band wants to be able to say is that you know by their senior year they've been signed to any label it wouldn't even matter what label no it was cool it was it was a trip i I definitely didn't know what we were in for and what the future was going to bring, but there wasn't anybody else that was signed at my high school. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how did you guys get to be on uh, face down records? Exactly. you know, what, what brought you to their attention? Um, We had a EP recorded that was really horrible quality (laughs) nowadays. You know, I would, say that but back then we thought it sounded great but um we uh our friend i believe it was eric gregson who was in sleeping giant and death star he uh gave our ep to jason from face down records and was like check this band out it's the next thing like you gotta sign them jump on it while while you know they're still available and uh, uh jason listened to it and was just like I do not, I don't get it. Like, this sounds crazy, horrible, all over the place. It just, you know, he just didn't really get it. And uh, he was like, I'll go to one of their shows the next time they kind of play around here, and I'll, I'll check it out or whatever. And we played uh, at this church in Chino, and he came out. And I don't even think we met him or anything that day. We knew he was coming. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the show was sold out, and when we played, like, the place just erupted. It was just everyone was flying off the walls, and it was just crazy. And um, then when we left that show, I think we got a call or an email a few days later, like, yeah, I'll find the band based off of that show, and we need to put out a record that sounds better. And he, I feel like he you know, put a lot of, uh, he took a chance on us cause there wasn't at the time a band that sounded as extreme as our EP sounded. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it, it all paid off for everybody. And, uh, you know, we all quickly got on the same page and, um, but yeah, at first I feel like it was kind of like, a, uh, I don't know if this is going to work and, you know, um, it did. So, <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, play. I mean, listening to the way that you guys play your instruments, there's a lot of really low, low down tuning in yeah. so many of the songs. And how do you, I've always wondered, how do you pull that off without getting the strings rattling all over the place? Uh, well, the majority of our music can drop A, which is not hard to keep the tension uh, tight on a bass or a guitar. Um, you just need to use the right gauge string. Um, a few of our songs, mainly on the last record, um, we used eight strings on and uh, super low tuning where um, the tension is there for the guitars with the eight string and it'll be like a baritone scale. So it's not floppy, mm-hmm. but for bass, it's really difficult because um, bass is already an octave lower than a guitar so if the guitars are playing in at the octave that a bass is already in to tune it down another octave is pretty pretty difficult so what we do live and uh well mainly what we do live is the bass will play in the same octave as the guitar so um the tension is there, nothing's all floppy. And then our, our recordings will do the same thing, but then we'll have like a MIDI sub bass that's the lower octave that we do, you know, on the computer to kind of get that low, um, the low end to be there, you mm-hmm. know, for the octave under the guitars. But yeah, it's it's a tricky thing. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine because I'm I'm a terrible guitar player and the idea of going very low on any string just terrifies me because I know that the way I play, it's going to be, you know, you're going to be hearing that fretboard all the way through. So I've always been fascinated by the, the drop tuning of um, like you guys. And uh, it, it almost sounds like you guys are in the same vein as Meshuga with a lot of the, the tone, the, like the tonality of many of your songs. Uh, yeah. The, the eight string songs for sure are in a very similar tuning to them um yeah so i mean you just got to get yourself a nice longer scale guitar a baritone scale or um one of those like fan fret guitars that they have out now uh and it won't flop around oh what's a what is a fan fret guitar uh it's kind of i don't know if it's necessarily a, a new thing i think they've been doing it for a while but it's only recently become more popular but the frets are uh more at an angle where you know on a guitar the frets are just dead straight you know up and down or whatever they'll be more at a slant and what that does is it actually uh makes the 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 string like the scale length longer which the longer it is the more tension uh your string will have which the lower you can tune it um so it'll make the length, uh, the tension of it, the scale longer without having the neck actually longer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So if you, if you go on Google or whatever, just type in like fan, fret, bass, or guitar, like you'll instantly be able to tell what it, uh, what it's doing there. But it's made for low, so you can pull off lower tunings um, and not have a you know, floppy string the tension you got to have there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I had no idea about any of that kind of stuff. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I still play smoke on the water from time to time <laughs> just to make myself feel better. 
it's a good riff. <laughs> it is. It's pretty solid. You know, you can't I'm go wrong. Yep. <laughs> well, tell me, uh, are you, you say you're going to be recording and getting a, a, a new EP out at the end of the year. Are you going to be doing any touring this year before that? Or are you just going to kind of wait until the record comes out and then tour off of that? Or, or how's that going to operate? Uh, we don't, I mean, we don't really tour anymore. What The only thing we really do is uh, fly out shows. So we have uh, a few booked, one in Florida and one in St. Louis in June. Um, but we'll do about probably 12 shows this year. And uh, just with everybody's family and how life is and stuff, we we pretty much strictly uh, only do shows where we fly on a Friday, perform on a Saturday, and fly home Sunday. Mm. And um, we'll do about 10 or 12 of those this year. But, um, you know, going out on the road for multiple months in a bus or van or whatever, is those days are long gone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that crap is a that's a younger man's game. I'm in my 40s and I'm just like, ugh, that just sounds yeah. miserable. Yeah, no, it's all about comfort nowadays, and um, you know we we don't play as often. So when we do play, um, you know the 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 money has to be right just for accommodating all that, all the flights and. Uh, you know, the hotels and getting our gear that we bring out there and then for all of us to make money doing it too. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it's turned out really good. We've been doing it like this for a couple of years now. And I know it kind of bums people out that we don't come to their city as often. Um, But, you know, really for, for us to, to remain doing this for ever, essentially, like this is the way it's gotta be. Um, and we try to, at least with this year and stuff, we're trying to play, uh, you know, different places each of those times or whatever, go, you know, sprinkled over here on the East coast and the Midwest and the West coast and, and try to cover a bunch of ground like that. But, uh, you know, more than likely if we're coming to your city or close to it, you should hop on that and, and, uh, make the little drive and come see us because it probably could be five years before we're back in that same exact area. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, but I mean, that does kind of give the, you know, the shows themselves sort of an added value or even, you know, a, a sentimentality that, you know, that you guys are not able to do that as much with, with families and whatnot. And the fact that you mm-hmm. still are attempting to do it, I think makes yeah. it a little bit more special. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I feel like a lot of other bands are starting to do that too, um, touring less. And, uh, cause it, it's hard being like a full time musician with, you know, with streaming and stuff. You know, so I love streaming. Streaming's awesome. Mm-hmm. But the, the way that they have the streaming system set up don't, uh, benefit the artist really that much, at least financially. Where a lot of the other hands in the pot get the money from that, and the artist doesn't. Which, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like uh, a lot of things are going to be changing in the coming years, and a lot of bands are doing things more themselves, where they'll be able to uh, make that money from that. And, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, obviously, as you get older, like, this isn't 
you know, it, not everything obviously needs to be about money, but as you get older, you have family, you have mortgages, you have things mm-hmm. like that. If you want to do this full time, you obviously got to make money. And, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we're, we've started doing a lot of stuff ourselves. We run our own merch store and a uh, website and stuff. And, um, I'm sure, you know, in, in the coming years, we'll attempt putting out music, uh, ourselves and not on a label, um, to at least give it a try. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's difficult. There's massive bands out there that I've read interviews and like Mastodon, for instance, are a huge band and they have stated many times, like they don't make the money that they really should be. And if they, if things kind of keep up going this way, they're not going to be able to be doing this full time, you know, in the next few years or whatever, which mm-hmm. is crazy to hear a band like Mastodon. They're massive. You know? I know. I know. Um, it's it's crazy to think that, you know, that there, there are bands that perception wise should be living a, a pretty high life if they decided to. And they're really a, making they seem like they're breaking even just like any other startup band yeah well i mean i'm sure that band makes you know good money when they're on tour but the part that that sucks is uh i mean that's where bands make their money we could go on tour for 10 months out of the year and we're not that large of a band and we can all make you know fairly decent money going out on tour for 10 months but we're gone away from our families for 10 months and you know, no one, no families are really cool with that unless you're like, look, I'm going to tour for 10 months this year, but I'm going to make $250,000. Then, you know, your wife might be like, oh, well, you know, all right, that sounds <laughs> all right. Or maybe try to go for six months or whatever, but you can't go on tour away from your family for 10 months and make, you know, some of these bands that are our size or slightly bigger or whatever, making 30, 40, you know, whatever grand. And, you know, that's, you know, that, that's fun to be able to play your guitar, do your passion and make money, you know, even like that or whatever. But you went, like I said, when you're at a certain age, you know, you can't be away from home and not bring it in, you know, too mm. much or whatever. So with us, we've kind of found this, this good little uh, balance where, you know, we all have other careers, we all have families and uh, kids and um, mortgages and stuff where we got to be home we got to work but we still we don't ever want the band to really go away we love performing and we love writing music so how can we how can we do it all without Mm. sacrificing you know family and stuff because that comes first really yeah yeah and i and i feel like that a lot of bands now you've got a fan base i feel like that they are much more appreciative of what you put out for them. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact that, you know, for years and years we had superstars that were making tons of money and there was just tons and tons of stuff that you could take the band for granted. And now I feel like a lot of people are very aware of how difficult it is to be in a band and to be, to make money as a band. And so I feel like people are far more likely to, Send, you know, give money to these bands that they really like and enjoy because they want to support them and see them succeed and see this to keep going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we we have our little uh, we call our fan base the Doom Nation, and we have a little separate uh, Instagram that's like a private, I guess, it kind of like a fan club or whatever. But um, 
you know, you request to be in it, and we, of course, accept everybody, but we like it to be a little closed, tight unit of our, you know, our, our diehard crazy fans, and we like to give them the first uh, go at, like, whenever we release new merch, like, they get, you know, that, uh, the option to uh, buy that stuff 24 hours before, you know, all other social media uh, gets notifications for it, and because we do everything for our online store we do everything limited we'll order it all ahead of time so you know it's in stock ready to ship that same day that people order it uh which you know who doesn't love that you know when you buy something online it ships right away instead of you got to wait for it but um everything's limited so a lot of times we'll throw it up on our you know the doom nation or whatever and they'll sell it out before we can post it for you know the rest of the world to see to get a chance to buy it and stuff. So our, our fans are really, really dedicated and, and, uh, we love them. We don't take anything for granted there. We have some of the best fans ever. And, and yeah, I agree with you that, that a lot of them, they, they see that and they see that we're family people and we, um, you know, we, we don't play that often and they are willing to, uh, you know, help support us in that way because, you know, even though we don't play often, it's still very, very expensive to get us to perform in your city mm-hmm. and um, and everything goes towards that you know the them buying t-shirts and helping us out and coming out to the shows that all you know goes towards us doing this more often mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it and i think that it's good that people recognize that now uh like for example whenever i go to a show i generally save up you know, about a hundred bucks or so to go and splurge on merch, you know, things yeah. to support the band because I love what they're doing. And, yeah. and, and I think that that's the best way to, to show your appreciation is you know, to help it, help them pay their bills. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Come to the shows, buy merch. If you love the band, um, that's, that's, that helps out more than anything. I mean, I'm, like I said, I love streaming. I stream, all the time I have, you know, Spotify, Apple music, I have it all and I love it. And, uh, but you know, every now and then when one of my favorite bands comes out with a record, I'll still go buy it, even though, well, I can listen to it for free streaming or you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I buy it anyways. Um, and you know, that helps out and everything, but, but really the, the most direct way to help out, you know, bands themselves is going to the shows, buying the merch, and uh you know just supporting them yeah yeah I, I feel like the streaming i agree with you i love the streaming i like being able to hear these bands but it knowing how the pricing and commission structure is set up it's really become kind of at least for a band become sort of a, a screwed up oh we're going to pay you an exposure type deal yeah and that doesn't that doesn't like you said that doesn't pay your mortgage and that doesn't feed your kids yeah. Well, the thing is, someone, you know, a couple people get the money from the streaming. There's a large percentage that goes towards paying labels and, uh, you know, other people for the streaming. And yeah, I agree. Like the streaming, you know, we, we have, you know, it, it, it gets into more people's um, ears getting to hear you and stuff. And that's why I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's also why, like, a band like Tool had to wait 13 years to put their album out because the last, you know, four years of 
uh, was just them going back and forth, having to renegotiate because, you know, in 2006, when they put out their previous record, the record sales were still a thing. There mm-hmm. wasn't, so their contract was, you know, a band like Tool, they make a huge chunk of their money from album sales. They record an album, they make, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars off record sales. So when you have a band like them who hasn't put out a record in forever, they had to renegotiate the streaming thing since that wasn't even available the last time. Mm-hmm. And that's what took a long time because the label wants a huge, large percentage of it. And, you know, a band like Tool isn't going to stand for that. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, you know, we'll, we have to renegotiate also, you know. And, yeah, so they're making a lot of money, I'm sure, off their streaming because mm. they're the types of band who could pull off, you know, renegotiating that, and as they should. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think that'll that'll change, hopefully, in artists' favor um, in the coming years. But, yeah, it's crazy, you know, seeing bands who get 80 million streams a year and uh, that don't really see any money see very very little yeah yeah there, there's a really large disconnect there that you, you in my opinion shouldn't exist but unfortunately does yeah for sure yeah well uh david i will let you go i, I know like you said you're a you're a family man you're a busy guy and so before we go do you want to let the listeners know where they can go check out impending doom and give you the support that we've been talking about uh yeah i mean our we have a website that uh, we run our own online merch store it's just impendingdoommetal.com um go check that out uh follow us on instagram at impending doom uh you could join our little fan club on instagram too that's just uh at the doom nation uh send us a request and we'll accept you and uh yeah thanks for listening for sure absolutely well, David, I appreciate you taking some time today, and it was nice to finally talk to you. I've, you know, I've got several episodes out, and you guys uh, rattle the heads of people anytime that they actually listen to the episode. It it definitely comes out as a boom. You better get ready. So I've really been yeah, enjoying awesome. that, and I've been getting good feedback from people saying that they they like that uh, murderer is the intro and outro to the podcast. So it's it's very special for me to be able to talk to you guys, and I do appreciate you allowing me to to use it to uh, to use on the podcast yeah yeah of course man we're honored that you can uh that you want to use it so <laughs> that's awesome i appreciate it no problem well hey take care good luck with everything and uh maybe we'll talk to you guys later on this year when the album's getting ready to come out yeah absolutely anytime man thank you i appreciate it thanks david you take care all right you too all right bye-bye
So that's going to do it for this latest episode of the Rock God Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to me talking to David Sedig of Impending Doom. I want to thank David and all the guys in Impending Doom for still allowing us to use their awesome song Murderer as the intro and outro to the podcast. Also, make sure to go to their website, impendingdoommetal.com, and all of their social media outlets. Also, make sure you go to our website, heavy-vinyl.com, where you can find all kinds of heavy metal vinyl and cassettes. We just recently started carrying Screaming Skull Records from our buddy Erlen Bauthaus in Norway. Check us out again in two weeks when we talk to Chris Aiken, one of the hosts of the Classic Metal Show, about all the things that he's been up to on his show and how he actually carries an associate's degree in biblical studies, but doesn't seem like the most Christian guy you'll ever meet. So it's an interesting conversation. I think you'll enjoy it. So anyway, until next time, God bless. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.